Brace yourself for radio's daftest half hour. We present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us this week in Halifax, the fine Yorkshire town boasting a rich and varied history. James Ramsden, the noted maker of theodolites, was born near here, and it was his pioneering work that produced the Ordnance Survey road maps we know today. At his funeral in 1837, mourners were surprised to see Ramsden's widow trying to read the lesson upside down. <laughs> another, another scientist born here was Henry Briggs, widely considered to be one of the three greatest mathematicians of the 17th century, the other being John Napier. Briggs excelled at university. <laughs> Briggs excelled at university, became the father of modern mathematics, and went on to encourage the use of log tables to promote his range of garden furniture. <laughs> Percy Shaw, the inventor of the cat's eye road marking, was born in Halifax in 1890. A pioneer of motoring, it's recorded that Shaw was inspired driving home one night when he spotted the reflection from the eyes of a cat walking in the road. The following night, the cat was walking the other way and Shaw invented the furry pencil sharpener. <laughs> the former High Court judge, James Pickles, hails from Halifax. Pickles' his, uh, controversial career often made headline news. He found notoriety by suggesting that young women might become pregnant between arrest and sentencing to avoid a prison sentence. Unsurprisingly, few took him up on the offer. <laughs> Let's meet the teams. On my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. On my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Rob Bryden. And ever eager to score in her usual position on the desk next to me, please welcome the delightful Samantha. We start with a round called Ask a Silly Question, in which the teams will suggest the most stupid questions that could ever be asked. Am I looking forward to this? <laughs> There's one to be going on with. <laughs> Okay, teams, your suggestions, please, of the sort of questions no one is ever likely to ask. Barry, would you care to start, please? Um, is that actually true, Lord Archer? <laughs> Tim? I wonder what Michael Winner thinks of himself. <laughs> Graham? Do you want fries with that, Your Majesty? <laughs> <laughs> and Rob? Mr. Henman, would you like our catalogue of trophy cabinets? <laughs> would uh, Mr. Cryer like anything before we close the bar? <laughs> Not the Boutros Boutros, Garley. <laughs> 
Have you got a copy of Dignity and Discretion by the Hamiltons? <laughs> Why can't we see more of Anton Deck? <laughs> Do you get your Ferrero Rocher at the petrol station like the rest of us, Ambassador? <laughs> Could I interest you in a low-cost, affordable loan, Mrs. Mills McCartney? <laughs> Have you got it sung by Jeremy Hardy? <laughs> OK. The teams are going to sing for us now. In the game called One Song to the Tune of Another... You'd need to have been cut off from normal life for the past 30 years not to know how this works by now. So, teams, listen up. <laughs> a, song, a song is rather like a microscope. The vertical tube represents the tune, which carries the lenses or words. These are assembled with precision to enable us to see the object or hear the song. However, a song can be broken down into its component parts by separating the words from the tune just as a microscope can have its lenses prized from the tube with pliers. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, teams. Wouldn't that be a case of wanton vandalism inflicted on a delicate instrument? <laughs> at, the, at the piano, we have Colin Sell. Okay, we'll start with you, Barry. Would you please sing the words of this old man to the tune of Summertime? This old man He played one, he played knick-knack <laughs> On my thumb With a knick-knack paddywhack Give a dog a bone this old man came rolling home This old man he played too He played knick-knack on my shoe With a knick-knack Paddy-whack give a dog a home This old man Came rolling home This old man he played three He played knick-knack On my knee Okay, you now, Tim, would you sing the words of Bermuda Triangle to the tune of Lily Marlene? We decide to get away and have some fun Book a room and catch a flight for two weeks in the Sanzig Isle She says Hawaii is too expensive I say Barbados isn't bad She says I'd love to see Bermuda And I say, woman, are you mad? Bermuda Triangle, it makes people disappear 
Bermuda Triangle, don't you get on here? But she doesn't see my angle And she thinks I'm being dumb So Bermuda Very stirring. <laughs> Your turn, Rob. I'd like you to sing the words of Killing Me Softly with his song to the tune of The Bare Necessities. <laughs> Strumming my pain with his fingers Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song Killing me softly with his song Telling my whole life with his words Killing me softly with his song I heard he sang a good song I heard he had a style And so I came to see he And listen for a while and there he was, this young boy, a stranger to my eyes Strumming my pain with his fingers, singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song, killing me softly with his song Well... You're no Jeremy Hardy, that's the thing. <laughs> and finally, Graham, would you sing the words of Blowing in the Wind to the tune of Day Trip to Bangor? Oh. How many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many seas must a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand? Yes, how many times must a cannonball fly because they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blown in the wind. The answer is blown in the wind. <laughs> Okay, let's move on, teams. <laughs> As TV detective dramas are all the rage these days, the team's next challenge is to improvise their own. One very popular recent series was Life on Mars, where the lead character slipped into a coma and woke up to find himself in 1973. Hmm, welcome to my world. <laughs> Surely the finest TV detective of them all was Morse, who would famously never let anyone know his first name. It was later revealed to be Mickey. <laughs> By the teams, in your, in, your di in your DIY detective drama, I want you each to take the following parts. Tim, you can be Miss Marbles. Rob, you're the policeman. Graham, you're the lord of the manor. And Barry, you can be the butler. Okay, teams, I shall furnish you all with a selection of familiar sound effects, common to the detective genre, which you can play in yourselves. Your episode title is Murder by Moonlight. Off you go. Ah, uh, good evening, sir. Good evening, madam. Good evening. I'm, uh... <laughs> I'm Moonlight, the butler. <laughs> Uh, 
Uh, this is Miss Marbles, and I'm PC gone mad. Um, <laughs> we received a call. Even so, sir, uh, would you step this way, please? And it's left here. <laughs> Who left that there? <laughs> oh, I... I'm terribly sorry, Your Grace. I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, uh, don't worry, Moonlight. Oh, I see you brought some people with you this time. <laughs> uh, this is Lord Bedside. Uh, how do you do? Uh, welcome to Bedside House. I thought you were going to say Manor, sir. <laughs> so I was. Welcome to Manor House. <laughs> They've uh, come about the body, sir. Oh, well, tell them to leave it in the library with the other one. <laughs> Lead us to it at once, Moonlight. <laughs> well, here we are in the library. Uh, 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 where is the body? You'll find it under D for dead. <laughs> what? Who's that? Oh, it's... Uh... <laughs> Mr. Phil Collins. He's staying with us for the weekend. <laughs> Him again. <laughs> Phil won't be troubling us again. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I know that face. Your PC gone mad, aren't you? I just let you in. <laughs> we need to establish the cause of death. Well, the fellow obviously cut off his own head with that chainsaw. <laughs> let me take a closer look. Oh. <laughs> a little closer still. Oh, Miss Marbles, I can see your... <laughs> Nobody move! Why? Because house prices are collapsing. <laughs> better out than in. <laughs> I expect you're wondering who that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know about them, but I was wondering, uh, Moonlight, are you going to tell us? It's uh, Littleton, the gardener, sir. Oh. <laughs> oh, look! Look at that! Look! His lordship's making a bolt for the door! <laughs> before he locks us all in. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> How wrong he was. You missed me. <laughs> How wrong he was. 
Sorry about that, I have an allergy. (laughs) (laughs) Mystery solved. What have you got there, Moonlight? (laughs) It's remarkable, Miss Marbles. How did you solve this mystery? Well, it all happened like this. Oh, I see. (laughs) Constable, what is it, Moonlight? It's the end, sir. Hmm. (laughs) We hurry along now to take a look at children's books. Our own Barry Cryer is an inveterate storyteller. One of his best is how many years ago he discovered an old lamp in the loft and when he polished it, a genie popped out and promised Barry a wish. Barry asked to be made a top-line comedian. And sure enough, the genie asked him if he had a second choice. (laughs) Okay, I brought along the opening passages from a selection of famous children's books, which I'll ask the teams to complete. The first opening is for you, Rob, The Secret Seven by Enid Blyton. The Secret Seven Society was having its usual weekly meeting. Its meeting place was down in the old shed at the bottom of the garden belonging to Peter and Janet. On the door were... Cobwebs. Inside, Peter, Janet and their young chums had lain dead and undiscovered for six weeks. (laughs) The answer is the letters SS painted in green. Barry, here's one for you. King Solomon's Mines by Ryder Haggard. It's a curious thing that at my age, I shall never see 60 again, I should find myself taking up... The hem of my old cocktail dress. (laughs) The answer is a pen to try to write a history. Graham, can you complete the start of this one? The Borrowers by Mary Norton. The borrowers lived in the secret places of quiet old houses, behind the mantelpieces, inside the harpsichord, underneath the kitchen clock. They owned nothing, borrowed everything, and... Consolidated all their loans into one big debt with ocean (laughs) finance. The The answer is thought human beings were invented just to do the dirty work. Great slaves put there for them to use. Tim, what about this? It's 2001, A Space Odyssey by Arthur C. Clarke. The drought had lasted now for ten million years, and the hosepipe ban was beginning to work. <laughs> the answer is reign of the terrible lizards had long since ended. Oh. Now, Rob, can you complete the start of Robin Hood and His Merry Men by Antonia Fraser? It was Christmas Eve, and in the great forest of Sherwood, the snow lay thick upon the ground. As the shadows lengthened towards evening, a stealthy figure could be seen creeping from tree to tree. He had a bow in his hand and... An arrow in his head. (laughs) At his feet lay a flimsy pamphlet, archery for beginners. (laughs) The answer is a quiver of arrows slung across his back. Barry, can you complete the start of Dear Zoo by Rod Campbell? I wrote to the zoo to send me a pet. They sent me... A nasty dog. What a shit zoo. The answer is an elephant. He was too big, I sent him back. (laughs) Another one for you, Graham. It's The Iron Giant by Ted Hughes. The Iron Man came to the top of the cliff. How far had he walked? Nobody knows. Where had he come from? Nobody knows. How was he made? 
Oh, he's gone. <laughs> the real answer is, come on, everybody. Very good. Okay, here's some for any of you to have a go at. From Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl, these two very old people are the father and mother of Mr. Bucket. Their names are Grandpa Joe and Grandma Josephine. And these very old people are... A great pleasure to work with. <laughs> The father and mother of Mrs. Bucket. Here's another. This one is from Lord of the Flies by William Golding. The boy with fair hair lowered himself down the last few feet of rock and began to... Thank Mr. Hudson profusely. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Sob the answer, buy the book. <laughs> and finally, from the start of Each Pear, Each Plum by Janet and Alan Alberg. Each peach, pear, plum, I spy Tom Thumb. Tom Thumb in the cupboard, I spy Mother Hubbard. Mother Hubbard down the cellar. Legs in the air, she's got a new fella. <laughs> The answer is not nearly so good. I spy Cinderella. The teams are set to revive the art of letter writing now. In this game, each team will take turns to compose a letter, supplying one word each at a time. The opposing teams will then construct the reply. Barry and Graham, you can start by composing a letter from Leonardo da Vinci to Mona Lisa. You kick off. Dear Mona, do you like to... <laughs> see the... Beautiful vista from the studio of myself? <laughs> or would you rather visit Michelangelo, who is a very close friend of Dorothy? Nevertheless, <laughs> you would be delighted to experience the ambiance of his studio, which he built himself by hand and foot. <laughs> As you know, I am a talented painter and would <laughs> like to paint the other wall. <laughs> Do you want to come and visit me at my studio waiting for your reply on paper? <laughs> Yours affectionately, yet <laughs> lustfully. Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> okay, Tim and Rob, answer please. Oh, Leonardo. How I jumped at the thought of visiting your lovely little studio with a view of getting. <laughs> your. Trousers. 
down. And I am hoping that you will make my day by smiling at me so I can smile back at you. <laughs> Comma. <laughs> smiling is so lovely when I see you smiling with your trousers down around your ankles bending <laughs> over and smiling that lovely sideways smile at me but don't think you can get away with anything worse than that because my mother will be here as a chaperone I'll pardon I as in me Mona <laughs> I'm not sure where I come from but Mona <laughs> will come with a bag of turnips <laughs> and we will eat all of them together in ecstasy <laughs> and wonderful agony as you push me toward the turnip <laughs> I must say that this letter is one of the most exciting things I have ever written in my room <laughs> sincerely Mona Lisa <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's very nearly the end of the show, but it's just time to fit in a round of bathroom songbook. Samantha needs to nip out now as she has to buy a present for her new gentleman friend who likes to play with his model boats at bath time. Samantha says she's thought about him long and hard and decided to give him a little tug for his birthday. <laughs> So while she's away doing that, I'll ask the teams to suggest titles of songs that might be inspired by bath time. And Graham, will you start, please? Our B-Days are here again. Barry. I've got you under my sink. <laughs> Jim. Land of soap and glory. <laughs> Rob. You flossed that loving feeling. <laughs> Shave your missus for me. Hold it, flush, bang, wallop, what a system. <laughs> I'll be your long-haired loofer from Liverpool. <laughs> Zip up your doodah. <laughs> a little less condensation. <laughs> if I said your B-Day was beautiful, would you hold it against me? <laughs> Unchained melody. By, by Lou Rolls. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, as the flaming meteorite of time smashes into the mighty comet of fate and 200 quid's worth of washing machines are destroyed. <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show. So from the team, Samantha and myself, and the fine folk of Halifax, it's goodbye. <laughs>
Pryor, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor and Rob Brydon were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. Programme consultant was Ian Pattinson, and the producer was John Naismith.